Hello, welcome to another call convo. It's been a few months since our last convo. How are you doing? We have really missed you. Over the last few months, the world has become a very uncertain place, and there have also been updates in our own lives. So grab a cuppa, take a walk in the warm sunshine, or find a comfy place on your couch as you join Suze and Esther on their call convo today. It's been a hot minute. Wow, it has. It's been such a long time. Um, when was our last recording, Esther? Oh, I'm not sure, but I think we've only done one at the start of this year. And I think a lot of things have changed since then. Yes, it's been a wild and crazy year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, on a kind of national level, mm-hmm. but also on a personal level, Suze. Um, have there been any big changes in your life? <laughs> oh, funny you should ask, Esther. Um, I was just thinking earlier today um, how, remember our Q&A episode and one of the questions was about, do you see yourself moving or something? And I was talking about, yeah, Darwin, maybe. Um, so actually, I... <laughs> Uh, I think it was two months ago now. I've actually just moved to Darwin. <laughs> Surprise. Wow, Sue. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we recorded the episode to- or the series of episodes talking about our move to Sydney and you moving to the Gold Coast. And yeah. now you've made another move. <laughs> That's so what true. Was, what was the thinking behind that? What inspired you to leave your lovely home on the Gold Coast? Mm. Um, well, lots of different things, I guess. Um, I think it was something like, obviously, Darwin something that I have been thinking about for a while. Um, and people have said lots of good things about it. Um, and I think at around the start of this year, I started to feel like, all right, I really love my job and it is the perfect job. But um, at the moment, it was me working there full time as an audiologist and my colleague who used to be my supervisor, she was the only other audiologist and she was only working there two days a week. So I felt like oh, I'm not really learning very much on a day to day basis it's kind of just a lot of personal learning and I'm not yeah because I'm not really exposed to other audiologists so this current job that um, I'm at at the moment there's eight other audiologists there so there's always something to learn and there's like a broad range of different tests and things that we do there's just so much um, opportunity and experiences that I can chat about a little bit more later Um, so that was a big one Um, yeah, so when the job came up, I think I was kind of looking, not really, and then this job came up, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> so I prayed about it quite a bit, um, yeah. and I feel like I'm just waffling on, but anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, this job, and so I prayed about it, and I felt like, okay, I think this is where God is leading me, and so I chatted to my parents, and my dad was like, nah, Darwin's too dangerous. You can't go there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, man, really? Um, and so that's this is something that I'm quite passionate about, and I know different people have different opinions about it, but I really wanted my dad's blessings before I applied for the job. 
Um, so I was like, okay, dad, maybe just pray about it. And he had like certain qualms about it, like for example, the dangers and yeah, different things. And so I was like, all right, I'll go do my research about it. So I got the contact of a few different people in Darwin and I chatted to them. Um, and I chatted to like the director of the hearing, um, program in Darwin as well. Um, and then I came back to him, I'm like, okay, this is what people who are in Darwin, this is what they're saying. Um, and so I kind of like wrote up my application and everything, but I didn't send it. Um, cause I was kind of waiting for my dad to say yes, or like give me his answer about what, if he changed his mind. And then I think it was the day before or two days before it was due. I called my dad and I was like, okay, so what do you think? And he's like, all right, I guess if you you can just apply for the job and see how you go. And I was like, oh, wow, because my dad doesn't normally change his mind on things. Um, wow. So that was like a huge sign for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that was huge confirmation for me. So I ended up applying for the job. Um, so, yeah, that was how I kind of got into this whole Darwin thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that was just step one of the journey, oh, like applying for the journey. job and, <laughs> and trying to figure out whether you got the job, whether you were going to go, that took another couple of months, didn't it? Yeah, so I applied for the job um, middle of March. And then when I finally got the confirmation, I think it was like start of July. So it was a very long process. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, it just took such a long time. Everything was really slow and... I think mm. for me, it was a huge um, test of my patience and trust in God because when I applied for this job, it wasn't like, a, oh, I'll just apply and see how I go. I applied with the conviction that this was where God wanted me. And so then mm. um, applying for it and then having to wait for another three months in between, I was like, oh man, this is killing me. Um, but yeah, it was a good faith exercise and it really taught me to just trust in God and trust in his perfect timing and not worry especially when things were out of my control um and then it was really cool because um so when I first moved to the Gold Coast yeah you're like oh it'll be a good idea to just like write in your journal and um, write a little letter to yourself I'm like oh yeah that's a good idea and so I decided to do that and I was writing a letter on the plane from Melbourne to the Gold Coast and I was, one of the things that I wrote was uh maybe I'll stay here for two years and then in two years time Perhaps I'll go to Darwin, but who knows? Ha ha. <laughs> and then when I finally got the call um, from my manager offering me the job to Darwin, she was like, oh yeah, maybe in around six weeks. Uh, I can't remember what the time frame was, but she was like, oh, we'll like you here by this certain time. And I was like, okay. And then I looked at the date and it was basically one day off exactly two years from the day that I wrote that, that I wanted to move oh, to wow. Darwin. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That gave me goosebumps just hearing <laughs> that. I don't think I knew that part of the story, that it was so exact in oh, terms really? of the timeline. Yeah. So pretty epic, but I was like, this is such good confirmation. And like, I couldn't have planned this myself. So mm, like just all these little things. I, was, I just felt really thankful to God that he was confirming um, yeah, confirming that he wanted me in Darwin because it was mm. <laughs> it was scary, like moving to a place that I've never even visited before and I didn't know anyone and like the job itself was kind of out there. Um, but yeah, having the conviction that 
this was where God was leading me, I think gave me a lot of assurance that it's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, what an incredible testimony, Suze. And when you said that your job is a lot more out there, uh, what did you mean by that, Suze? How, was, how is this particular role different to what you were doing at the Gold Coast? Well, <laughs> so my job in the Gold Coast was really nice, very cushiony, very comfortable, just chatting to old people and playing with the little kids all day. Um, well, testing the hearing and fitting hearing aids. But um, this new job, it's similar. So it's a lot of diagnostics, so mainly just testing people. But um, my role is an outreach audiologist. So what I do is I fly out to the different Aboriginal communities and I do hearing tests for the kids there from zero to 21 years. Um, yeah, so it's um, the communities are so different to the rest of Australia. Um, like you can't even comprehend what it's like. I remember I had a friend, uh, Mr. Zach Murphy, <laughs> who once told me how he had a like an Aboriginal students staying with his family and he was telling me how the Aboriginal student was telling them how in the house where they were living at there was like 20 something people and all these crazy things I'm like nah it's not possible that's not part of Australia but then I go out to the communities and I'm like oh my gosh he was right like it's a completely different world out here like the standard of living and just everything around you is completely different. Um, yeah, it's just so different um, to the rest of Australia as we know it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what I meant by out there. And then there's all these other things that we get to do as well. So like we fly out to the communities in these little eight-seater planes where you can see the pilot. <laughs> and my colleague was like, oh, you just have to, you know, hope that the pilot doesn't get a heart attack. I'm like, oh, that's so true. Like, if they do, we're like doomed. <laughs> so, Suze, have you gone in some pilot training then? One of my first few trips, my colleague was like, oh, you know, you can just ask the pilot if you can sit next to him. I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, I'll ask for you. And so the pilot came. Oh, so, like, we have these little, um, it's not really an airport, but the airport's there. Like, it's basically just a bus stop. Um, so the pilot comes and he takes all your luggage and he loads it on the plane and he's like, all right, I'm going to do the safety briefing. And so they do the safety briefing and then they walk you to the plane. Um, and then my colleague was like, oh, can Su it's Suzanne's like second time. Can she sit in the front seat? He's like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I got to sit in the front seat next to the pilot with all the buttons in front of me. And there was like the steering wheel in front of me as well. And my colleague's like, all right, don't touch anything. <laughs> um, but yeah it was just so cool seeing the pilot like do everything yeah, um, and sure. seeing all the buttons in front of me watching him press the different buttons um, it was such an experience wow that sounds amazing Suze sounds like you've really started to become more of a Darwinian is that <laughs> what you call yourself a Darwinian yes that's what I am officially I guess a Darwinian <laughs> So yeah, so many adventures and I'm, I think I'm reminded every day how much of a privilege it is to be in the job that I'm at. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's me. What about you, Esther? What's been happening since our last call convo? <laughs> well, I'm happy to report that I'm still living in the same state. Wow. I'm still living in New South Wales. <laughs> I'm still living in Sydney mm -hmm. and I'm still living in the same apartment. 
So Amazing. that has stayed consistent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting hearing a lot of the different things that you've been up to, Suze, and the new experiences that you've had in Darwin. I feel like the last couple months for me have just kind of dragged on a little bit because of COVID mm-hmm. and being in lockdown. Um, yeah, and trying to be able to use my time at home effectively has been much more of a challenge than I thought. And I don't think I've really done that particularly well. Um, So with placement, my university has been really good to try and keep us on placement as much as possible. Mm. So I've still been able to go into hospital, uh, perhaps not as much as I would have been if COVID didn't come around again. Um, but it's been good to still have a bit of that routine rhythm of going to hospital and doing placements. Mm. Um, but something that I've tried to do a little bit more is to improve my mental health practices. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is how mental health or what I've been trying to label it as mental fitness Ooh. is kind of similar to physical fitness. So if you're trying to keep physically fit, you know, you know that you have to try and eat a well-balanced, nutritious diet. You would attempt to exercise on a regular basis and try to have some sort of high-intensity exercise in there. You would try to get adequate amounts of sleep. And with physical health, I think most of us know that if we don't keep on top of those things, eventually, you know, you might start to um, have health issues crop up Mm. as a result of not keeping up with your physical health. And somehow with mental health, I had not been really taking care of it in that way. And the practices that I had in the past, I kind of haven't stuck to it. And as a result of lockdown and studies and so many different changes and also kind of just really feeling stagnant as well. I think mental health just really plummeted over the last couple of months. Mm. So something I've brought back into my daily practices is a gratitude journal. Nice. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this, Suze, but I don't know if we've talked about it as a part of the podcast. Yeah. Can you just explain what it is to... I would love to explain it. Um, And I'm sure there's many different ways to do it. And there's probably journals and notebooks that you can buy, which have pre-formatted things. But I just sat down and thought about what would I like to reflect on every day. And gratefulness is a good way to go about it if you're really struggling to, you know, kind of emotionally regulate your moods and you're really feeling down or it's really difficult to get out of bed or to find things that you appreciate about you every day. I found that writing it down with a pen and paper mm. helps me to kind of externalize that. And the more you, that you do it, the more that you start to see, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of things about my day that I can be grateful about. So what I do is in the morning, I start off with writing three things that I'm grateful about. And they can be as simple as, oh, today's a sunny day and that's fantastic. Or um, today I get to go into hospital and do placement. Or I can smell my housemate making coffee and that makes me really happy. I love that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
um, or I'm actually just looking through my journal now and seeing what I've written before, or that I get to go on placement with one of my favourite colleagues who always makes me smile. Mm. Um, um, what else have I written to? Oh, one morning I wrote, having access to warm water for showers. <laughs> I think it must have been a cold morning that day. Right. So I write down three things. And then the next thing I write is an intention for the day. Mm. And I can't actually remember where I picked this up from, um, but it's kind of like giving yourself a mental goal for something you want to focus on. So maybe you're working on a character quality or you have something that you want to work on or improve or think about during the day. So let's just see some of the ones I've written before. I think one of the big things that I've been working on is making decisions based on my values and not based on my fears. So an example of that is, um, let's say I've been asked to give a presentation, an oral presentation on a topic And it might not be something that I needed to do as part of my course, but I've been asked about to, I've been asked about this from a more senior doctor. And if I made a decision based on my fears, I could be like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to do this well. I don't know if I can present properly. I don't know if I have enough time to do a great presentation. And then I'll say no, based on my fears, based Mm. on my fears of not being able to be perfect and do it really, really well um, and being fearful what others might think or more senior doctors might think if I don't perform to these standards. But if I made a decision based on my values of, oh, um, God's placed me in this position and given me this opportunity to be able to learn more about um, what it means to be a doctor Um, and I want to be able to make the most out of my placement. I want to learn more about this specific case or illness um, and to further my understanding due to my curiosity about the science Mm. and the medicine behind it. Um, And those are things I value and really want to do. And I would say yes then based on those values because those things are important important for me rather than acting out of fear. That's been something I've been trying to do. Mm. So that's an example of an intention. And then in the evening, I will do a short reflection on that intention. And sometimes I'll just like write a random question for myself to answer throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Like um, what I've written in the past is writing down a moment where I felt true joy um, or something that surprised me about somebody else. And then in the evening, I'll write one or two things that I'm grateful for as Mm. well. And... I started this or probably at the start of September because I was just in such a weird funk and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I just had this moment of inspiration where I went, okay, we're going to do this. We're just going to do two weeks of this Mm. and see if we can stick with it every day. And it's been four weeks now. I've surpassed the 21 days to make (laughs) a habit. So I think it's become a habit now. Success. (laughs) Yes, correct. And I think it has made a difference to the way that I think and mm. my mood throughout the day and has made me a lot more mindful on what are things that I really value, what are things that are really important, and what are the things that I'm grateful and thankful about. Mm. So, yeah, that's been me. It's a lot more of an internal <laughs> reflection than no, anything. that's so good. I feel like <laughs> part of the um, – one of the positives about, you know, not – 
always constantly being on the go is that you get to just stop and think about all these things and reflect um, internally and then you get like deeper and deeper into understanding like yourself and understanding the world around you as well that you don't really get if you're like constantly moving around to different places so that's really cool and I Mm. love how you um connected the mental health mental fitness I love that term um to physical fitness because yeah I think it's something that we don't really think about a lot but um yeah it's so like it's not always a linear journey sometimes you have like good times and then you have bad times and that's okay because if you have a bad time it doesn't mean that that's the eternal trajectory but you can always you know um change and (laughs) like you know like you were doing four weeks ago starting and being like okay I'm gonna um start doing this thing and like every day is a new day and you can start any day you like Um, But also, like, with physical fitness, it's not just, um, I just have to do this one thing and then um, my physical fitness will be good. There's, like, little different aspects to it, like eating well, exercising, and, um, you know, drinking lots of water. And that's kind of the same with, um, like, our mental health as well. It's not just doing one, like, each little thing that you do that helps is good, but often it's not just one thing that gives you good mental health but little things like you know gratitude in the morning um reflecting on the day and so yeah i really love that little gratitude exercise thing that you do i think that's really fun well it's been really good catching up with you Suze, after a long hiatus (laughs) i hope our audience enjoyed catching up on our lives as well Mm. and we'd love to hear from you guys like message us on insta or send us emails i don't know if people have been doing that Suze. <laughs> oh who has the email password i don't even know <laughs> we'll have to find out maybe we'll have all these fan emails that we just didn't oh, know about 100 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah or let us know what you would want us to chat about um, in the future um this was so much fun esther i'm looking forward to the next one already all right well I'll catch you in the next call combo. Sounds good. See you later.